CSAs.
That's feeling good. Remember, God has been moving all weekend. And he's not going to stop as long as we continue to allow him. Continue to be open to him and whatever he wants to do on a daily basis. His mercies are new each and every single morning. So when we arise, we just say, God, have my life today. Speak and do what only you can do. I give you glory for all you brought me through And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do And I'm moving forward to follow after you And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do
single promise you make you keep Lord and that every single promise you make is for us father God we've already seen that take place here this weekend and God and even this morning we come expecting you to continue to move continue to bring us closer to your heart God God and continue to do what only you can do we love you and we praise you in Jesus name amen
Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie. I'd like to welcome you to Salem Fields Community Church and what an amazing weekend it has been. Um, I have a few announcements for you. The first one is if you have your phone with you today, if you could take it out, check into social media, let your friends and family know where you're at and invite them to the 11 o'clock service. Tell them there's plenty of time to still get here. Um, if you are a first-time guest with us, we would love to give you a gift. If you would stop out at the information desk when you leave, we'd like to give you some information, answer any questions that you have for us. Um, when you came in, you got a connection card. In that card is a, um, uh, a connection card that has an opportunity for you to share with us some information, prayer requests, um, anything you want to tell us, and update address, phone number, anything that you want the church to have. Uh, please fill that out and put it in the bucket as the tithes and offerings go by. Yeah, well, didn't she do a great job? She's been awake for 48 hours, so <laughs> you, got, you got to give it to her. Hey, we're going to take our tithes and offering in just a few moments. If you're a guest today, this is basically for Salem Fielders that are in the service today. As you know, we had a snow out last week. You know, that's the only that Gay and I have been here for 25 years or so, and that's only the second time we've ever canceled service. So uh, when we cancel service, the offering doesn't happen, and uh, we still need that offering. So give twice as much today as you would normally give, but there will be buckets. We're not going to pass them today, okay. but there will be buckets at the doors as you leave. Uh, search them down. You can give on your app. Go to your Salem Fields app and you can give there. You also can go out to kiosks and give it to credit card or debit card. You can give online if you're worshiping with us online today. Or you can write a check and you can even put cash in. Now, uh, that, and that would all be great. So thank you so much for that. All right. And speaking of tithing, if you need a year-end statement for your taxes, you can log on to the Salem Fields uh, website, and there will be an opportunity for you to print that out. If you have any questions or you need additional information, please feel free to contact the church office. Uh, we will be having a membership class on January 12th, 27th at 1 p.m. in room 306. If you are interested in becoming a member of Salem Fields, or if you just want some more information to find out what the church is about, find out the history, find out what we're looking for for the future, and uh, just the general DNA of Salem Fields, please feel free to come to this class. Again, it's um, going to be January 27th at, three, at 1 p.m. in room 306. If you have children, we will have child care. Um, we do have an exciting event coming up on February 8th. It's Night to Shine. Um, there's been some information out in the lobby about that. If you have any questions or you're interested in more information about that, please feel free to see the information desk and they can share that with you. Uh, starting next week, we do have a new series, and we invite you all to come, bring your friends and neighbors. It's going to be called Lean In, and it's very exciting. It's going to be talking about faith and dealing drawing closer to God, and uh, we invite you all to come back for that, and I just want to um, wish all the churches and students that are uh, visiting with us today a safe trip back home, and we were real glad to have you. Good morning, everyone. We just want to tell you, we have been so honored that you guys have been here. Anybody get in trouble last night? Get kicked out of your hotel or anything? I don't know. <laughs> Buddy and I tend to get kicked out of hotels, so I was just wondering if anybody here. <laughs> but we just want to say winter retreat is an amazing time together, right? Has anyone, yeah, has anyone learned to know one new person that you didn't know before? Raise your hand. Oh, that's awesome. That's incredible. And so uh, 
we, we are, we're wrapping this up, and we just know this morning is going to be an incredible time. And so, buddy, you want to say anything? Yeah, hey to all the students here. Man, it was great to have you in our house this weekend. You were incredible. Uh, we enjoyed it. It just brings so much energy to us older people uh, to have you here. And we just appreciate how you respected uh, our, our place, and you worshiped, you had fun, and even ice skated. That was a kind of an incredible thing to do there in the lobby. Fell uh, on your butts. Yeah, I saw a lot of I you I saw fall. that. Yeah, they, I was doing triple toes, and they made me get off of the... <laughs> of the he was way I, up in the air. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I was doing reverse triple toes, but anyway... I just love that guy. <laughs> thank you so see. thank you so much for being here. Man, it's been an honor. All the students and the adults, gosh, you guys are incredible, and uh, we, just, uh, we just enjoyed it, and we thank you so much for that. We did, we did. So after this next song, we're going to worship together with a song that... Uh, just want to share with you our our beautiful speaker this weekend, Brooklyn Lindsay. Have you guys enjoyed her? Did you enjoy her last night? Brooklyn has traveled the world, and uh, she has made a difference in the lives of students and people around the world. We're so honored to have her here today. She started out in youth ministries. She's a youth pastor even today continues to be a speaker and make a difference in the lives of people. And I know that God is going to use her in an amazing way this morning. And already I can sense the spirit of God kind of falling on us here right now. And the way that that happens is that we open our hearts. You know, the band can't do it for you. We can't do it for you. Uh, we can provide an opportunity for your heart to be opened. And I can promise you that before you leave this place, if you'll allow your heart to be open, God will speak to you. And we'll have opportunity to draw closer to Him and for Him to change us into looking more like Him every day. Isn't that awesome? Let's stand together and let's worship. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope and no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested in my life The ash was redeemed, only beauty remains In my orphan heart it was given a day My morning grew quiet, my feet rose the days When death was arrested, my life Come on. Oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me new now. Life begins with you. Release from my chains. I'm a prisoner no more. Shame. 
darkness rejoice, there's no heaven and all. could bring a podium out to me that would be awesome and while they're doing that let me just have a little side conversation about this place that I have never known before called Wegmans what yeah well I just I had a very robust conversation with my friend who's from Buffalo New York she lives in Atlanta and I just flippantly went to Wegmans last night to get some cough drops and some tissues because gross right and I was just Marco Poloing her, and then she, Marco Polos me back, like ripping me to shreds. Like, are you serious? You just flippantly go to Wegmans? No, you go to Wegmans to go to Wegmans. Like, you walk around, and there's cheese, and there's bread, and she just goes off, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Publix is so much better. And then we get in a fight for like an hour on Marco Polo back and forth. But she ended up winning because I found out that Wegmans has childcare. And I was, I've always told Publix, like, you need to have childcare so that you can just drop off kids and go and enjoy your grocery shopping experience. And Publix doesn't have that. Wegmans does. Wegmans has an elevator. They also have um, these donuts that I found out this morning. This baker named Christian, he was like, I said, which donut should we have if I only have one chance to come to Wegmans? And he said, this buttercream filled donut. Um, and he said, don't tell anybody, but on Sundays, I double fill them. What? Shh, I didn't tell anybody, but go to Eggman's on Hospitality Lane or wherever I was. I don't know. 
So anyway, welcome to church, everybody. Happy Sunday. My name is Brooklyn. And if you weren't here last night, it is such an honor and privilege to be here with you today. I thank God every single day for things like winter retreat because I would not be standing here if someone didn't have the energy and time to create an environment like this where I could have a front row seat to understanding and believing in Jesus Christ. So I'm thankful for all you who put all of this together because there is someone here today whose life has been changed because you decided to say yes to that. And so that's why I'm here too. I do want to just show you a picture of um, there's this little thing called Nazarene Youth Con Congress Conference. It used to be Congress. Anyway, um, I went a long time ago in 1995 to Phoenix, Arizona, and I was 17 years old, a brand new baby Christian, and I was like, wow, look at all the hot guys. That's exactly what I thought. And I was so spiritual. And I survived 121 degrees. That's like the shirt everybody bought. Some youth pastor got super stupid rich that year. Um, and it was great. And, and this, this, is, this, is, this is where I went as a teenager. And I attended there coming from a broken family. I had no vision for my future. I had possibly more than one boyfriend. As I have said, I had priorities. And I, I really... I really wanted my own life to change, honestly, because I had gone to winter retreat in Ripley, West Virginia, believe it or not, I'm from Ohio, and it just did something in my heart. I told my youth pastor, like, something's going on, I don't know what it is, it's weird, it feels like love or something, I don't know, and so he helped me go to this event, and I was really looking for a life change, and it was at this place where I saw a woman, you can't see it, this is an actual picture of this moment, um, Lori Pollitt Short was on the stage. She was preaching. This girl from like California, Berkeley, blonde, bombshell, awesome, preaching. And I just didn't understand. I was like, whoa, women do that? And I was sitting there like totally baffled because I came from a modeling culture. I grew up modeling and that's what my grandmother did every single weekend. She would drive me to Columbus and I would do work as a child and I never knew anything else until I met Jesus and I realized that there's a lot of other things in life. And I saw Lori on that stage and that day I was like, wow, I wonder if I could do something like that. And Lori's yes, I didn't know at the time, she was in her mid-20s and she was really wrestling with God because she was single. <laughs> Irony, right? I'm like deciding which boyfriend I'm going to date and she is single on the stage. And she had gone through a messy breakup and she was preaching in front of the largest audience that she had ever preached in front of, 8,000 people. And she wasn't sure if she was going to be able to do it and she almost canceled, but she showed up that day. And somewhere in that massive crowd sat a girl named Brooklyn Alvis. And I sat there next to who would someday become my husband, a guy sitting next to me, not the one I was dating, by the way. This is horrific. And I, um, I'm looking at Lori like, I see my future. I see my future. And so I'm here now. And it, because I, I saw my future before I could see it. It was like I was talking about last night, like God gives you an imagination for something before you have it. And it's pretty amazing. You just don't know how it's all going to work out. So um, here's another picture I showed last night, a picture of my family. I never knew in a million years that that guy sitting next to me would be the most solid Christian human being I had ever met in my life. Like the most disciplined, focused, adorable, handsome strong, good looking, you know, all the things. Like I couldn't believe that all of that could be in one person. 
And so I decided pretty quickly in life, hey, I'm not playing around God. Like, if you put this guy in my life, like, we're just going to seal the deal. So we got married at 19 years old. Um, Yeah, crazy. Not saying you should do that. Just saying that's what I did. I'm a crazy person. And we had been dating, you know, since that NYC. We had been dating. And our family, now we have an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old. And we have a little church plant. And I've been a youth pastor my whole career. And I look back at that moment and I think, wow, God, you knew. You knew. You knew. In both places, though, I felt like I know less than I ever have. In both places. I feel like I know less than I ever have and I need need people more than I ever have needed them. You see, we started a church a couple years ago. Here's a picture. It's gorgeous, right? You like it? This is a broke down Ryan Steakhouse. People used to get rolls there and butter and beef. And uh, we were like, hmm, make it a church. Same thing, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so we had like three days to plan our entire church. No joke, three. And then three weeks to like figure it out, like where are we going to stay? And we found this place and we raised uh, some money. We asked Jesus and we asked some friends like, hey, can we do this? And we transformed this church into this drawing. Isn't that a cool drawing? (laughs) It's it's like a hundred bucks. You want a new church? That's how you do it. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, So those were the plans. And thanks to God, um, this is a picture of our church now that's it. Like, that's where we live. And it's cool, right? Like, a couple hundred people. Yeah, it's awesome. But I will tell you, I know zero about painting, planning, project management. I mean, I can manage writing projects because I'm a writer, but I, I don't know how to do this. And I will tell you that I have needed people more than I ever have, and I need mentors more than I ever have. And when you are set free in Jesus Christ, he starts giving you things bigger than you, and then you're like, what do I do? These aren't bad things, these are good things. And I have no idea. And it's always been this way for me. When you get married at 19, you need people. You just do. I mean, you can't even rent a car legally. (laughs) You need people. And I needed people. And I was happy to receive mentorship, especially in the kitchen, especially there. I wanted to be able to cook a meal for my new husband when I married him, you guys, and I remembered a particular meal that we had had on vacation as teenagers in Disney World, and it was a chicken dish that had been fried in Captain Crunch at Planet Hollywood, and I was like, oh my dear Lord, we have died and gone to heaven. When I ate that, have you ever tried to just make fried chicken with cereal, Captain Crunch cereal? It's like pure crack. It's so good. I've never had crack. Just saying. (laughs) It's a thing. It's a a figure of speech. Um, So, (laughs) I promise. I've never, ever, I don't even, you can't have crack, by the way. Like, it's just, that's not how you say it either. That just shows my ignorance. (laughs) I mean, unless we're talking about something else, and that's different. So, oh my gosh. Here we are. So, anyway, back to the Captain Crunch chicken, you guys. Captain Crunch chicken. I... Um, wanted to make this for my husband, and so I found a mentor quickly, quickly, quickly. Found a mentor. Her name was Martha Stewart, and I was like, "Thank you for being my friend." And I turned her on, and I made this Captain Crunch chicken. It was so good. And the second round, I thought, "I don't need her. I only need me. I'm so good." And so I made this chicken, and except it did not um, happen so well the second time. What started as simple meal prep turned into a call to 911. Grease, fire, a dog running wild, me detonating a very small but powerful fire extinguisher in a tiny one-room apartment. 
smoke pluming from my pants, a husband yelling, your pants are on fire, <laughs> me utterly having the most embarrassing naked moment outside with an evacuated apartment complex. I mean, like, boy, did I need a mentor. I needed help. Like, I was a hot mess, no pun intended, total disgusting. First year youth minister, your youth pastor's outside naked with the dog barking around her. Like, that's great news in Central Florida, everyone. So, I needed help. And I'm here to tell you this morning that if we want to be something, we have to be around people who are like that something. And if we want to be the kind of people who carry each other in freedom and in relationships, then we need to be around people who are setting great examples of that. I gave up on Martha way too soon. I needed her for decades, and I only trusted her for 10 minutes. And I think sometimes we come to events like this and we think, oh, we got it, we got 10 minutes, but we need each other for the rest of our earthly life until we see Jesus and we become like Jesus. We need to be around people who know Jesus. And that's my encouragement to you this morning because we're strengthened and carried by the faithful in front of us. You think someone older than you has nothing to teach you, that's a lie. We are strengthened and carried by the faithful in front of us and we are vision and help for those who follow after us. So just because you think your little brother or sister is annoying or your, your niece or your, you know, if you're here at Salem Fields Community and you're thinking about people younger than you, you think, man, they, man, these millennials, they have no idea what's going on. You know, they're just Snapchatting all day long. They need to get a real job. Yeah, but they need you to explain and to help and to love. And sometimes we are all of these things to the people sitting right next to us, your peers. We really need each other. We need to be able to carry the love and the freedom that we have found. Because when we do that, it changes people's lives. I believe in my personal life and what I've observed in the last two decades of ministry is a hesitancy to enter into relationships like this. And it's not uh, because of what you might think. It's not really so much because of fear that we don't have what it takes or that we will be judged for what we need. I think it's pride. I think that it's pride. I think that God's power increases in the presence of our weakness, but we are so afraid of that weakness being exposed, we don't want to show it to anybody. And just because God has set us free and broken our cycle and helped us out and given us a ride and given us 100% grace upon grace upon grace every single day of your life, it doesn't mean that you can't open up and be vulnerable and allow some changes and growth to happen. Maturity in Christ is a daily process. And when I'm in relationships with people in front of me and people behind me and people sitting next to me, we get to do some things. And you might be saying, you know what, I have nothing to teach people. I'm 12. Yes, you do. You do. Here's the reason why. You may not know how to do something, but you know who has the answer. You may not know how, but you know who to go to. Jesus Christ has answers that we don't have, an imagination that we don't have, an ability that we don't have. And I think we get caught up in this idea that we have to be the provider for everyone's needs when Jesus says, I will build a bridge if you will just help me meet people, if you will bring people to me, if you will carry the love that I have shared with you to others. So pride paralyzes us in these conversations in our heads, and fear frustrates us, and we get stuck because we think, now I'm free, but then what do you do? How do you move forward? We don't want to be vulnerable because it could cost us something. What if uh, the small price you paid for being vulnerable led someone to a place where Jesus could change their life? What if you 
getting real in someone else's presence changed someone else's life. Getting someone closer to Jesus, though, isn't always pretty, and it's not always Instagram-worthy. So I'm going to show you a little picture. <coughs> this is a, a picture of fake running. I'm going to open this. Let's pretend. Who runs out of the ocean onto a dock dry? <laughs> That's me, by the way. Um, so there's this Pilates studio in Lakeland, Florida, and they were like, can you come do a photo shoot? I'm like, I haven't been in modeling for like 22 years. And I'm like, well, what are you going to pay me? They're like, well, we can get you some donuts. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Pilates ad. It's hilarious. Got paid in donuts. So this is fake running. I'm glistening. I look relatively strong and fit. I'm dry. It's 1,000 degrees in Florida. This is 6 a.m., guys. This is not real. This is like a picture of running, okay? But I wanna just show you what real running looks like. Okay, this is me last year in the Disney Marathon. You can't see this, but I have snot dripping down my face. I have salt crystallized all over my body. I smell like the bog of eternal stench, and if you are a child of the 80s, you know what that is. I 100% was disgusting, broken, kneecaps falling off, wondering where my brain is. Why did I sign up for this? I hate my life. Who did this to me? Wait, I did this to me. This is horrible. This is real running, everybody. Welcome to humanity. <laughs> like running a marathon, though, we look forward to the finish knowing that it's going to get ugly in the middle, okay? Knowing that it's going to get ugly in the middle. The problem is, we don't want to get ugly with our friends. We don't want to get ugly with each other. And I'm just going to tell you to go ugly early because relationships and carrying the love of God to each other is never a pretty process. If you are being real with each other, it's going to look a lot like Exhibit B. It's going to look a lot like a messy marathon where you know at the end there's a prize. And it's going to be amazing. And it's going to make you cry your eyes out. And then you're going to Instagram about it because you think you're so awesome because you did it. But really, at mile 20, you wanted to beat everybody up. <laughs> I was like, Joey, Koi, Koi's my husband. Joey's one of my best friends. Like, you guys suck. <laughs> and they're like, come on. And then I would go into the bathroom, not even to use it, but just sit on a toilet. That's how bad it was. I'm like, I can't believe I let you two talk me into this. And I was so glad that they did. Jesus meets us in the middle of our mess, and we don't have to solve people's problems. We don't. We don't have to solve them, but we can carry people to him. So if you are choosing to be in a relationship to each other, you're choosing to move people closer to Jesus, not choosing to solve their problems. So I'm going to take a look at Mark chapter 2, 1 through 12 with you, because I want to show you that this happens in real life. Okay? And that you can do this too. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. It says, Jesus is in the middle of his ministry. And it says, a few days later, Jesus goes again to Capernaum. And the people heard that he had come home. And so there's a huge crowd. It's crazy. It's like way, way bigger than this. It's giant. He's sitting in a little place. And everybody's gathered in huge numbers. It says that there's no room left, not even outside the door. Not even outside the door. So, like, imagine Buddy sitting here, and there's no room, and, like, there's people out in the freezing cold waiting to get in, because Buddy is sharing something so epic. And so imagine Jesus, he's sitting there, and he's preaching to them, and it says some men came, 
carrying a paralyzed man by four of them, and it says they could not get to him because of the crowd, so it was impossible. It was just weird. Like, there's no way it's going to happen. But it says that they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. And then it goes on to say this. When he saw their faith, he said to them, son, your sins are forgiven. And now some people were sitting there, and they become haters immediately, like, wait a second, what are you doing? We do that. You don't do that. And they start doubting. And they start asking questions, saying, you know, Jesus, what are you doing? You're blaspheming. And it says in verse 8, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit what they were thinking. Immediately. And he says, why are, like, which is easier, to heal this man or to say your sins are forgiven? And it was a trick question because it was totally like this, both were both epic. They were both things that nobody could do. And in verse 9 it says, we, or I'm sorry, let me go back over here. Getting lost here. Um, in verse 9, it says, which is easier to say? And then verse 10, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority to do both of these things. So I tell you to take up your mat and go home. And so it, he picks up his mat, walks out in full view, and at the end of verse 12, it says this, we have never seen anything like this. We've never seen anything like this. Last night, when we were talking about the Samaritan woman, at the very end of that passage, when she goes to find her husband's, she says, come and see. Come and see. This is what people who are amazed say. They say, come and see. Whoa, we have never seen anything like this ever. This is incredible. We have never seen anything. But I want you to focus on this. Four guys willing to get ugly. They were willing to put out, put out their hearts, their creativity, their minds, their abilities. They were like, you know what? Let's take a little... A little analysis of what could happen. You know, what's the fear here? Well, we, we may get in trouble. We may get arrested. We're about to rip somebody's roof off. There could be consequences. But what else is at stake? This guy might die. This guy may never walk again. This guy is this close to a miracle and he can't even get it. What is happening in their hearts? They're saying the ugliness is worth the miracle. The ugliness is worth the miracle. People don't follow doubt. They follow faith. They follow faith. And when you decide in your heart, hey, what I learned this weekend, what I'm growing up in right now, it's worth being a little messy for because somebody in my life is going to get a front row invitation to Jesus Christ, and he is going to do the work. He's going to look at me and say, hey, listen, Naomi. Hey, listen, Matt. Hey, listen, Doug. Hey, listen, Tadashi. Listen. I see your faith. I see it. And because of that, your friends are going to be free, forever free. And that is the theme of this weekend, and this is the message of Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't come to leave us stuck. He came to give us purpose and to set us free. What would you do? What would you want to be done? Would you hope that someone would do this for you? That they would carry you to the love of Jesus Christ? That they would pick up a corner of the mats of your life and scale a crowd and completely climb a wall and rip a roof off and somehow not drop you in the process and somehow treat you so gently and lovingly and then lower you to a place or lift you up to a place or move you to a place or invite you to a place where Jesus is sitting there like, hey, I see you, I love you, I forgive you, your life has changed and this can happen in our lives if we do something. And that's what I want to end on this morning. Do you want to do something? Write down someone's name right now or in your heart or on your phone in a note. I always forget, like people don't write things, they type things. <laughs> write it in a note. Who in your life needs a miracle? And 
Commit to helping them get closer to Jesus. Just do it. Just say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to help them. It's not up to me. I don't know how, but I know who. Just say that. I don't know how, but I know who. I don't know how, but I know who. Jesus, I know that you can provide the miracle, so I am in faith going to get ugly for you. And I know it's not going to be pretty, and not everybody's going to understand, but it's going to lead to someone's changed life, and it's ultimately going to change mine too. So I want you to do something, and then I want you to trust Jesus to do the transformation. You don't have to worry about letting God down in this situation because you, my friends, aren't holding God up. We forget that. You aren't holding God up. God holds you up with his righteous right hand. God walks with you through the valleys. God will never leave you. And sometimes your deepest need will become your greatest gift because it will drive you to depend on God, not depend on yourself. And so when we remember that Jesus is the one that provides the miracle, we have the motivation to keep going. And then I invite you to go ugly. Just tattoo this on your wrist with a Sharpie, please. I know you can buy tattoo needles on Amazon, but just don't do that. That's really dumb. Mentoring relationships and relationships with each other, whether it's with a leader that's older than you or a person that's younger than you or your friend sitting right next to you, these relationships have the power to change and shape lives in Jesus' name. Do you believe that it's possible? Do you believe that it's possible for someone's life to change, including yours? And I want to ask, what is keeping you from carrying someone to Jesus and... What's keeping you from allowing somebody to carry you? Have you ever told someone your story, like your real story? I want to invite every single one of you, no matter who you are and where you came from, with the most love in my heart, I want to invite you to tell your story to somebody. Please, please. Because when you do that, you're going to create a connection that creates an opportunity for you to carry each other to Jesus every single day. You will grow when the person sitting next to you grows. And you will grow when the person that's older than you grows. And when the person that's younger than you grows, you will also grow. We don't know how sometimes, but we definitely know who. You plus Jesus equals miracles and freedom. Me plus Martha equaled magic Captain Crunch chicken. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. But me plus you plus a bunch of people can change the whole world. I want to end with this story. Um, This is Emily Osley. I want you to meet her. Um, This is the kind of relationship where you carry each other to Jesus and you end up just doing things you never thought you could do. I I took Emily to this little tiny event and they had an offering and I as a youth pastor failed to tell her we were having an offering and we had just spent all our money at Taco Bell per usual. And she was like, Brooklyn, Pastor Brooklyn, I don't have any money for this offering. I'm going to go home and I'm going to make some birds because I went to sewing camp this summer. And I was like, well, that's cool. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to sell them because I don't even know what to do. They, tell, they told us at the camp to like get your friends together and do something for Jesus, but I don't have friends. And I was like, yes, you do. She's like, I'm homeschooled. And I was like, well, you have a couple. She's like, yeah, I have a couple, but I mean, I don't have a lot of friends. And I was like, well, I mean, who do you hang out with during the day? And she's like, my mom. And I'm like, okay, you have a point. Um, <laughs> and then she was like, and they were saying to use your talents for Jesus. But like, I don't really have talents that connect me with other humans. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? She's like, well, everybody plays like volleyball and stuff like that. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I play golf. And I'm like, you also have a point. <laughs> Solo sport. 
And then, then she was just like, well, what, I mean, and I go to sewing camp, and I sit by myself in front of a, a, a sewing machine, and I'm starting to feel bad. And she's like, but I actually like it. I'm, you know, introversion is a quiet power. If you're introverted and quiet, it's a power. It's a superpower, okay? And so she's cool, and she's got it all together, but it's just the message she was hearing wasn't matching up with her life. And she thought, you know what, well, I'll just, they said to use what you have, so I'm going to make these birds, and she did. And she ended up selling them, like, a ton at church. I told everybody about them, started a little Facebook group. She found one friend to help her. And this was, like, back in seventh grade. And so this next photo is, like, fast forward in time when I was speaking at NYC Louisville in 2011, and I was actually preaching the same exact passage of Scripture. And I thought, I don't know how to say this, but I know who can illustrate it better than me. And I asked Emily to come on that huge, giant stage. It was like a brand new arena. And I said, Emily, will you just tell your story? $60,000 later, you know, and raising money for clean water all over the world, this girl was saying yes. And she was saying it's ugly. And it was ugly. Her mom was like mad at me because she was using all of her good fabric and we had to do like a fabric donation. (laughs) Then her mom was like happy and then her mom was sad and then she was crying all the time because her daughter was changing the world. She was like graduating early so she could commit the rest of her senior year to her nonprofit organization, which I became a part of. I actually worked for an eighth grader. It's like on her staff as her servant. (laughs) So this is what happens when we connect our lives in faith and we say, yeah, we'll go ugly early. I don't know how to start a business. I don't know how to start a nonprofit. I don't know how to do any of those things. And that stage is connected to that stage in 1995 when I saw Lori pull it short on the stage doing something that maybe I could do someday. And in a way, Lori transported me to the future miraculously, to the feet of Jesus where I could imagine somebody that I could be. And then when I said yes to that ugly invitation of you can be that someday, and I worked my way through it. I was a horrible youth pastor sometimes. I mean, I did dumb stuff in the beginning and still do sometimes. And I know that God is still using me in this mess because then people like Emily end up in that same place. She's not a youth pastor, but she's doing something great. And then in that moment, you know, a couple of years later, I get an invitation to go around the world talking about safe water. Like, her life changed my life, and she was like 12. (laughs) And we can't dismiss that. We can't dismiss the fact that we are all going to be uniquely connected in a way that's miraculous through the bond of Jesus Christ. And I remember going to my very first NYC that was international in Mexico. I think this is the last picture. And I said in English, and it was translated into Spanish, how many of you want to carry the love of Jesus to the world and to your friends? How many of you want to come with me and do that? And the translation kind of got lost or something because I was being, you know, hypothetical. Like, how many of you want to come? Like, you might raise your hand. How many of you want to be a part of miracles like this? Raise your hand. See, it works in the USA in English. In Mexico, they heard, if you want to come with me, come now. And they all stood to their feet, and 900 Mexican teenagers came forward to the front. And so we just took a picture. I was like, well, let's take a picture. I mean, we're all here. So here we are. And I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't speak Spanish. I speak a little bit of Portuguese, which doesn't help you at all, and French, also not helpful. And I'm like, Jesus, what are you going to do? And Jesus said this to me. It's not about you. It's about who? It's about who can, and I can, and I'm going to help you. And for the next three years, God showed me through students and leaders and adults all over the world that we are connected by the bond of Jesus Christ to do miracles together and to set people free in Jesus' name. So I want to ask you, who are you going to carry 
and who is carrying you. I want you to ask yourself, who are you going to carry to freedom? And who is carrying you? Jesus can provide the answer if you provide the ugly yes. You guys want to be ugly with me? All right, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for an opportunity to go ugly early and to do things that are way bigger and beyond my pay grade and beyond my abilities and beyond my personality because, God, you are over all of that and able to work in all of that. And so, God, I feel very humbled that I could even stand here with a microphone in my hand and to be able to communicate your love and to trust that it's not going to get lost in all of my mind mess, but it's going to be translated by your Holy Spirit, and then it's going to land in a place that's fertile, in a place where it can grow. I pray in Jesus' name over every friend in this room that they would understand the power that they hold in relationships to care for one another and to carry people straight to your feet, God, to the love and forgiveness and freedom of Jesus Christ. I pray that we might go ugly, so ugly, that people are amazed. They can't even believe how ugly we are, God. It's going to be amazing, and I'm thankful. I'm grateful. God, thank you for making us beautifully messy and wonderful together. You're so good, so powerful, so able. I can't wait to praise you and thank you for the freedom that's going to be found when we come together to carry the love of Jesus Christ in the world. Thank you, God, for all that you're doing. Amen and amen. Well, Virginia NYI, we have come to the end of another winter retreat and as a youth pastor i've been through so many of these and it's always this bittersweet moment but i want to leave you with a challenge i can't tell you how many times i have had students come to me at the end of this uh, on a sunday afternoon at the end of retreat and they say i just don't want to go back i just want to stay here can we somehow bottle this up can we just keep this weekend going and i always say no we can't we got to go home. We got to go on to other things. But I want to ask you a question. I want you to make a decision because at the end of any event like this, when God has spoken, you have a decision to make. Is it going to become a past memory or is it going to become a present mission? And I just, can we just appreciate Brooklyn Lindsay bringing God's word to us this morning? We have, we have this decision we have this decision to make i hope that you came away i definitely did i hope you came away with some with some action points hearing god's word and god's voice this morning uh, brooklyn challenged you to tell your story even on the ride home whoever it is you're sitting next to if it's your best friend or if it's a total stranger just take a couple of minutes and just share your story it might be good practice for when you go to school i guess tuesday right a lot of you going back to school on Tuesday. So that's a great thing to do. We've been talking about in our youth group, what does it mean to share your story? Because people can argue with Bible verses, they can argue theology, they can argue doctrine and concepts. Nobody can take away your story. Nobody can argue with the evidence of God's ministry and change in your life. So what does it mean for you to change your story? And I love that story of the guys tearing open the roof and bringing their friend. But we always focus on those four guys. But I think about that one guy who got healed and then walked out through the crowd. And how he, you know, the, the place was totally packed, right? And I, I kind of imagine them like shoulder to shoulder, like sardines or so many people. So this guy literally had to probably like sideways, like squeeze through, like, excuse me, I got to get, I'm trying to get to the door. Could you maybe make some room? His life. This miraculously healed life touched so many lives as he kind of like 
rubbed up against all these people in the crowd on his way out the door. And I believe that there's a mission, there's a message for us there as well. Whose life is your life rubbing up against? And how are they seeing the healing that God has done in your life? How are you sharing that? I'm not saying go to school on Tuesday and stand up on the lunch table and start you know, quoting Bible verses. That's probably not the best way to do it. Probably not the best idea. But whose life are you allowing God to take your life close enough that you're kind of rubbing up against them and you're allowing them to see the healing in your life? I found that when we keep God at arm's length, we keep people at arm's length as well. And if you're somebody who is keeping people at arm's length, you're probably keeping God at arm's length. And that's a heart check thing for you. So as we wrap up this winter retreat, oh, students, you are so loved. You are so adored by your creator. And even at the end of a weekend like this, you might still have your arms crossed. You might still say like, yeah, whatever, God, I don't really care. This has been, I mean, like 10% fun, but I'm ready to go. And maybe your heart is still kind of hard toward God. Or maybe you're just so worn out on churchy stuff. Maybe you're just so worn out on, on religion. But God wants to break your heart. He wants to break in. He wants to take you to new places. And so as we close in prayer, I want to ask you, is this weekend going to be a past memory or is it going to be a present mission? How are we going to take what God has done in this place, in these lives this weekend? And how are we going to go forward? How is he going to lead you? I don't have the answer to that question at all, but I know who does, right? I don't know how, but I know who. And I know he is willing to take each one of us by the hand and walk us through that crowd and allow our lives to make a difference in somebody else's life. I'm so excited for that. Before we pray, I want to do one more thing. Um, can we just, and I, I love Buddy and Gay Marston so much. What a generous spirit both of them have. I want to appreciate, can we just show love to Buddy and Gay Marston? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, you guys, they, they, they don't have to do this. They don't have to open up their doors and say, you know, like, hey, yeah, hundreds of teenagers, come on into our place. Oh, man, can we just show love to Trent Stinson, our winter retreat director? What an amazing job he's done. Dee as well, Dee Stinson, what an awesome woman of God. Oh, man, Jamie, I don't know if Jamie is in the room. Jamie, who just kind of handled all the logistics. Thank you so much. There are a ton of volunteers, a ton of leaders. Students, would you just look at one of your leaders and just say, I love you, and give them a round of applause as well? And you guys, I know I'm not the only one. I'm so blessed by Rich Green and the band this weekend. Unbelievable ministry. What a fantastic time it's been. We're going to close this up with a word of prayer. So would you stand to your feet? Let's honor God and talk with him as we, as we close this weekend. Our God and our Father, we adore you. You have shown us what love is. You've given us the opportunity by showing us love to love you in return. So today, God, we just want to, just in our hearts, we want to hear and be reminded of those chains that have fallen away. 
for so many of us, for, for so many people in this room, for the very first time, the chains of sin and judgment and separation from God, those chains have fallen away and they lay on the floor around us. So Lord, I just bless you and I thank you for those who the very first time this weekend have started a, a friendship with you, Jesus. I celebrate that. God, for those who have had chains of, of pride, they've had chains of, of apathy and laziness, they've had chains of, of busyness, they've had chains of, of, of arrogance or insecurities, they've had chains of, uh, of abuse and, and addiction. Lord, those chains have, have fallen away in so many lives this weekend. And Lord, we give you praise and we thank you so much. But Lord, we know that you never intended for this to be a weekend event. We confess to you, God, that while we have enjoyed each other's company and all the activities that this weekend has held, you have ordained this weekend to simply be a starting point for a new thing that you want to do in so many lives here this morning. And God, for myself and on behalf of so many people who would agree with this prayer, we just want to say we're willing. We're willing for wherever you want to take us by the hand, whatever crowd you want to walk us into, would you just simply use our lives as a reflection of the freedom that we enjoy in Christ? We're willing for that, Lord. So lead us. Lord, I pray that this weekend is not simply just a past memory, but a present mission as we follow our King and our Savior and our Lord and our first love. Thank you so much for what you've done in this place this weekend, Lord. We're excited to see where you're going to take us next. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give our president a hand. What a sweet, sweet spirit has been this weekend, and I just want to thank everybody. Um, matter of fact, um, all youth pastors and youth leaders, could we just give them a hand? Guys, thank you so much for all of your support, help. And on behalf of Salem Fields, we're just honored to have you here. And again, thank you so much. And walk in freedom. Let God just lead you. And may God bless you on your travels home. And please be safe. And um, as you're heading out, um, you know, we have a couple of things in the lost and found area. Um, we found credit cards and money. All of that's going to our rebuild campaign here at Salem Fields. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you don't pick it up. So um, I think Buddy told me to say that, I believe. Right, Buddy? Am I good with that? Okay. But, you know, really and truly, um, I do want you all to, um, if you have anything that belongs to you, and if for some reason you do forget something, um, just have someone to reach out to me, Trent at Salem Fields, and uh, we'll do our best to try to accommodate and make sure you get your belongings. And so, again, may God bless you. God bless every single person, student, leader. God, as they return home, provide safety as you've always done we just are so thankful for your grace and your mercy and extending that to us and Lord God please just bless us as we seek to get ugly uncomfortable carry others with us walk in freedom Lord live committed lives to you for it's in the name of Jesus we pray Amen. Thank you. God bless.